This is Council for Life, a podcast engaging conversations about mental health and the Christian life with licensed biblical counselors Beth Broom and Eliza Huey. Welcome back to Council for Life. I'm Eliza. And I'm Beth. And we are the co-hosts here, and we are on part two of a very important subject that we think is obviously very relevant, but very needed in, especially in the church, in the biblical counseling world. And that is we're talking about trauma and the episode before, if you didn't get to listen to that, go back and listen to it because we really do take some time to really help you understand what trauma is, where we see it in the Bible and why we need to talk about this. And so we encourage you to go listen to that. But um, today, as we get started to, and we did this the last time we were together, and I think it's just helpful to, to know kind of a, that we're all coming from the same understanding of what we're talking about. And so I just want to share with you a definition. Beth and I use this in whenever we do training, or even when we talk with people to help them better understand what we mean when we say trauma, because that's a word that it's kind of stretchy. It kind of can have a lot of different meanings. And sometimes people use it uh, kind of flippantly, and other times it really means something deep and important. And so this is a definition, and again, we'll put it in the show notes. So if you like this definition, you can go read it. But here it is. It's a bit of a mouthful, but listen carefully as I read it, because it really captures what we are going to be talking about today and what we want you to understand when we say the word trauma. So when, and this comes from Pennsylvania Department of Health, and they define trauma as resulting from an event a series of events or a set of circumstances that is experienced by an individual as physically or emotionally harmful or threatening, and that has lasting adverse effects on the individual's cognitive functioning, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. So what we're looking at here is something that has impacted us, maybe something or a series of some things or a, or just a, a, a context that you were in um, that has impacted you in a way that has lasting effects on every part of your life or potentially every part of your life. So we're not just talking about people who are struggling uh, psychologically or emotionally or you know mentally. We're talking about people who are struggling also um, physically, cognitively, like you just find yourself maybe not having the same cognitive function that you once had. Maybe you forget things more, or maybe you just have a hard time making sense of, uh, you know, putting your words, your thoughts into words, um, or maybe you're uh, feeling it spiritually. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that today. And like I said, this is part two. And in, in our time today, we want to help you understand the three stages that are very common in almost all trauma-informed uh, care. And the reason why we're doing that is because as we shared last time, we are having a training that we invite all of you to join us because you all can join us because it will be online this time. We've done it um, online and in-person and we're doing it again on online in in uh, the end of January. So just, just coming up around the corner. And we would encourage you to join us because we want to help equip you to care for anybody you walk with or people you love, or we want to help you understand if you are the one who have, has been through something traumatic. And so, yeah, there's, there's three stages that are really common in trauma healing. And um, we're going to kind of 
volley them back and forth. And Beth, why don't you talk about stage one? Tell us what that is and give our listeners a little bit of a, just a teaser, because we're going to really go into this in the workshop that we're doing, but we want you to kind of have an idea of what that looks like. So what is, what is stage one? Yeah. Stage one is all about safety and stabilization. And so if you, whether you are a survivor of trauma or a counselor or pastor or friend seeking to care for somebody who's been traumatized, this period of time that comes right at the beginning, and it's for the purpose of creating rapport and safety and trust between the counselor and the counselee, or, you know, the, the dear friend and the one who's been traumatized or the pastor and the parishioner. The hope is that in trauma healing, we really slow down. We Mm -hmm. slow down to take time to know the person who's sitting in front of us. They're not a problem to be solved or fixed. They are a person with a human experience and gifts and talents and loves and desires and sadness. And we want to, as best we can know that person, Uh, my, my favorite question to ask is what's it like to be you? So just trying to kind of give space for that. And honestly, in a lot of counseling realms that happens in a one hour session at the very beginning. And then after that, the counselor sort of takes off with a plan and like, here's what we're going to do. And here's how we're going to move in trauma healing. We slow way down. And if you're a counselor uh, or a helper and you aren't sure what that's like or how to do that, then this workshop might be perfect for you because that stage is essential for trauma healing. There's a lot of research that's come out just talking about how important it is to have that one anothering, which is really kind of fun as we see secular research coming out and saying, oh, it's guys, it's really important to know the person in front of you and to have honor for them and to sit with them and to be patient. I'm like, oh, these are all biblical concepts. Like we just, we're, it's, it's so good because we already know these things to be true. And we see Jesus being a gentle and good shepherd. And we want to mirror that. And so stage one is all about slowing down and providing a a safe environment as best we can. The physical environment, the emotional stance that we take, the way we mirror um, the, the, the attitude and the stance of the person sitting with us. So we're going to talk about that at our workshop in detail, but the, the goal of providing a safe environment is, is straight out of well, multiple places in the Bible, but I use Psalm 23 talking about just lying down in green pastures and being led by mm. still waters and having our souls restored. We need that if we're going to do the hard work of processing, which is what you're going to talk about in stage two, but we need to be able to sense that we, we can trust the person that we're sitting with and that we can trust the Lord to lead us through that. And so we're going to talk in the workshop in more detail, but stage one really is about safety and it's about the counselor becoming an ally and bearing witness to the person sitting in front of them and, and being a learner. I'm here to learn about you, to know you as a person. And so that's stage one. And I do want to just say that if you're a, if you're a counselee, if you've been in counseling before, or maybe you've never been in counseling, and maybe it's because you expect that the counselor is going to listen to you for one hour and then take off with a bunch of steps and tools. Um, that's a hard thing when you've experienced trauma. And so what we, we do want to really focus in on the importance of slowing down in that first stage. So Eliza, tell us a little bit about, about the second stage of trauma sure. healing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and I want to, before I jump into stage two, one of the things that I want to say that is so uniquely different, I think specifically, this has been my experience in biblical counseling for what we offer is that we offer the stage one to biblical counselors. We're, we're training people or whatever your role is. We're training you to understand how important that stage one is because what I have found and not in every situation, but I would say in, in most situations, we as caregivers tend to try to jump to stage two, which is processing trauma. And, and so we, tr- we tend to jump there actually first before we've created that safety and stabilization. So I'm just so excited that here is a biblical offering of what it looks like to understand what safety looks like from the Bible and how, how God enters into that. And he is actually the stability that we, we encourage people to be anchored to as they walk through that. And so I just, I'm so excited that we have this because there really is, as far as I know, there really isn't anything like this that really takes those, these three stages, but frames them in a biblical worldview and helps us as the church to be able to say like, before I jump into processing, I'm going to make sure this person is safe and and the, the environment is stable for them to do that processing. So stage two is where you go into processing. This is processing the trauma. And um, I use a very simple acronym with the word trauma. It's something that I came up with that I think for, at least for me, it helps me remember the most common things that are associated with somebody who has been traumatized. And so I use the word trauma and go through an acronym. So you'll have to join us to know what those, those, each one of those letters represents, but I represent, but I will tell you one of them. I'll go with the U and that is unwanted somatic responses. That is a common symptom or um, uh, reality for those who have experienced trauma. And the reason why I want to share that one just for a minute here is because oftentimes as, as the church, as people in the church or as biblical counselors or people seeking to bring biblical care, we can jump quickly to the spiritual care that a person needs. We are very good at providing soul care. But one of the biggest factors with people who have experienced trauma is that they have unwanted, they don't want these things, somatic responses. And so um, somatic is in the body, but not explained by anything medical. So symptoms like racing heart or um, feeling a heaviness in your chest or shaking or like Beth and I did a, a episode on panic. All of those things that show up in panic are unwanted somatic responses. Sometimes it's headaches or GI issues that you just, there's nothing medical going on. Sometimes it shows up in sleep, nightmares, um, just difficulty with thinking, uh, maybe like a fog that you feel you're carrying around with you and you just can't do the work that you normally would. So these are all unwanted somatic responses. And what we do in uh, in this training is that we really help you understand how to work with the person's body, how to do body work, if you will, how to pay attention to a person's body. Because I want to say this, if we do trauma work without the body, we're not doing good trauma work. It's one-dimensional. Oftentimes we will, we will approach it that way. We'll think here's the spiritual needs that a person has, and that's important. And we definitely don't leave that out. But if you're doing trauma work without the body, you're not doing good trauma work. But if you're doing trauma work and only doing it with the body, you're also not doing good trauma work. We, if you're doing trauma work without the Lord, you're also not doing good trauma work. So we want to bring in the Lord. We want to bring in the body. And one of the ways that I think is just so 
beautiful is that Jesus modeled this. Um, we see in first Peter two 23, where it says when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. And when he suffered, he was actually suffering. He did not threaten, but he continued to entrust himself to the one who judges justly. He looked up to the father, but he was experiencing all that he was was going through in his body. And so we want to tie those things together and help people really understand what does it look like to care for a person well. So that's just one of the the points that I bring up in the processing of trauma um, in stage two. So you'll have to join us to learn more of those things. And I teach it in a way that you will be able to remember it when you're walking with somebody. So you might be able to go, oh, that looks like trauma. Maybe I need to lean into that and ask some better questions. So that's stage two. Uh, Beth, what is what is stage three? Tell our listeners about stage three. I love stage three. And actually stage three is something that I weave in throughout the whole process when I'm, when I'm walking with somebody in counseling. But, um, but stage three is all about integrating the healing that we're experiencing into our everyday lives and relationships. And so Obviously, as we process, even as we begin to trust our counselors, we are doing some integration, but it's this idea of whatever you're doing in the counseling room, it's, it's meant to, it's meant to multiply into your relationships, into your daily functioning, your work, your play, your rest. And so we, we explore that. We talk a lot about it. We talk about the fruit of the spirit and how, in Galatians 6, we read about these aspects of what it means to have the fruit of the spirit be alive and active in your life. And, and these are all relational things. Kindness is relational. It's about being with other people and walking with other people. But if you've been traumatized, kindness is affected by your difficulty with trust. And so there, there's all these elements of being able to grow in thinking about who are we and how are we meant to function in the world free of our wounds healed of our wounds and free of the chains that have bound us. And so we begin to talk about things like uh, coping mechanisms. How have you coped with the trauma that actually you may not need those mechanisms anymore as you heal and you can begin to not just cope, but actually thrive and and use your gifts and function in in healthy risk uh, related to talking to other people and, and being in relationships. We talk in stage three about values and goals. What do you value? What, what are things that you that you find of, of high importance in your life. And a lot of times when people have experienced a lot of trauma, they're not thinking about that because they're in protection mode. They're, they're mm-hmm. seeking to protect from the danger of the world. And so we begin to talk about things like that and relational health and, and who are your safe people and how can that group of people grow? And it's wonderful. I love stage three because it's so positive. It's so forward facing. It's, it has to do with the furthering of our sanctification and growth in the Lord and um, I love that when I walk with those who are believers, it's it's just beautiful because we can say, you have the Holy Spirit. The same mm-hmm. power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive inside of you. Therefore, these things are possible. Healing is possible. Freedom is possible. Joy is possible. And so it's, it's a very um, exciting stage to get to walk through. And so we'll talk in the workshop some details about, and we'll even give you some really practical tools that you can use to help assess people's values and their goals and to help them kind of get on paper, some ideas of how they want to move forward in their relationships and in their daily functioning. And so it's a really fun stage. 
It is. And so we want you guys to join us. It is going to be online. So it we will be live teaching it. It will not be recorded. Um, so that's something that we try to make it interactive. And so sometimes stories are shared and there's some interactive activities that we do. And so we we really do feel like this is a training that is best if you can be present in the live um webinar. And so we do want you to join us. It's January 28th and 29th. You can go to the show notes or you can go to www.counselforlifepodcast.com or you can go to Beth's website. She is Beth Marie Broom and um, I'm Eliza Huey online. You just type in our names, www our names and you will find our, our websites. It's there. In fact, though this podcast has its own Instagram page. If you don't know that, we would love for you to go follow us, Council for Life Podcast, and you will get to see our faces there and get to see some highlights from the shows, from each of the episodes that we put up there. But we want you to join us. And the best way that you can do that is to go right now to uh, the councilforlifepodcast.com. Go to there. You can you can click on events and there'll be a registration link. You can go right to the registration link and register for it. Um, and it will also be uh, you get a little bit of a bonus. It will be Beth and I, and then we are also having Jason Kovacs from the Gospel Care Collective, who will also be joining us talking about attachment and um, trauma in the church as well. So don't miss this and share it with anybody that you feel might be helped by this, whether they're a helper or somebody who's gone through trauma. Please don't miss sharing this with somebody. And while I'm talking about sharing it, share this podcast as well. We love the fact that we have a lot of people listening in and the best way people can find it is if you go right now and you like the podcast and then you share it somewhere. That's one of the best ways, but also just share it verbally with your friends. Um, so we look forward to having you join us and um, we end each one of our episodes with just a moment of humanity. And I was just kind of thinking about um, how sometimes we can use the word trauma in a more lighthearted way. And that's okay. Uh, sometimes things that we talk about as traumatizing aren't life-changing, but, um, but, and, and I, d- I figured I'll just share something with you all, something that Maybe when I when I hear certain words now, I'm going to think differently about them because of a situation I went through. So this actually happened the last time Beth and I uh, got to teach together, which was in West Virginia in, um, when was that? Was that in September? Beginning of November. Beginning of November. Yes. Yeah. Beginning of November. Um, we were in West Virginia, had a great time with some really great people there. And I was flying back and the airport there is really teeny tiny which is fine. Really friendly people. I got on my flight to go back home and doors were closed and the the whole routine was given to you about the oxygen and the floaty things and all of that stuff. And then <laughs> just before we push back, we hear the captain say, we have to do a maintenance check on something in the, in the cabin. And so we need you all to deplane. I think that word might end up being a trigger for me from now on. That you never really want to deplane after you've just buckled your seatbelt. <laughs> so yeah. also I think your plane was like, we used to call them crop dusters, tiny oh, little plane. Yes, yeah. Like it with, was, yeah, it was teeny <laughs> tiny. So we get up and, but here's what they told us. Just go ahead and leave your stuff on the plane. We'll be about 20 minutes and we'll be right back on five and a half hours later. Oh goodness. Five and a half hours later. Keep in mind, I told you the airport was tiny, right? So 
we got on the plane about 4.30. The airport shop and the airport restaurant, which are also both little tiny, but hey, they had like granola bars at least in them, closed. And so, because we were, I think we were the last flight out of there. And so we basically had a vending machine with water and soda and a, and a restroom for five and a half hours, right in the time of day that you're kind of thinking, I'll have dinner when I get there after my quick 50 minute flight. And so, so needless to say, we all became fast friends and shared granola bars and chips that we had in our, in our purses and bags and chargers and all that. But, um, I don't know if I'll ever hear the word deplane again and not have to like kind of cringe a little bit like what am I about to get into? But that's just a silly little moment of humanity <laughs> that happened recently when we were actually doing trauma training. <laughs> yeah, little little tra- we call that a trauma response when there's like yes. an automatic a word or a smell or something. <laughs> yes, deplane it tips you off. Yeah, deplane. I'll try not to ever use that word with you. Well, Well, thank you guys so much for, for joining us today for this episode. And again, check the show notes, go to our website. If you're interested in the workshop and share it with others, because that's really word of mouth is the best way to get both the podcast and the workshop out there to people. Uh, We just want to seek to resource you in the best ways that we can. So thank you again for listening. We're so glad you've joined us and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to Counsel for Life with Beth Broom and Eliza Huey. If you've been enjoying the podcast, please be sure to rate, share, and subscribe. And for more information, visit counselforlifepodcast.com.